I don't know why, but for some reason I thought you had a child, a small child. I might have had one the last time you saw me, but I got rid of him. Oh, okay. You got <laughs> yeah. rid of it. You're yeah. like, the, the trial period the is check over. Cleared. Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 153, the Miraculous Catch episode. This week, very excited to have uh, for her part two episode, Carrie Morrison. You will remember, and I insist that you remember, that Carrie Morrison is a singer-songwriter from Brevard, North Carolina. And you're going to hear some live recordings from her trio, which includes Andrew Thelston and Jamie Lee Bennett. And the live songs you hear on this episode were recorded at Crushed Leaf Studios in Brevard, North Carolina. Make sure to uh, look into Crushed Leaf Studios if you have to do some recording or practicing. Uh, It's extremely easy to get to. It's, It's right there on 280. Make sure to check the episode description for links to Carrie's music, also to Andrew and Jamie Lee's music. But right now, here is Carrie Morrison. Trees have lost the color 
is the first song on the EP that came out last summer and it was produced by Andrew. Jamie Lee's featured singing on it like a beautiful mermaid on a distant rock. She's got this gorgeous soprano voice and then Andrew came in and did all these wonderful layered vocals and I'm in there somewhere but you can really just hear them mostly on the chorus. It's got kind of an ethereal quality so it's kind of a Song, another song that just came really fast, almost like it was being channeled, and it's a deeper, darker theme, I would say. Mm-hmm. So it's it turned out really well. It's got a, a nice video that Dustin produced. Dustin Maxwell, he's also a musician, songwriter, but he loves to do videos and he creates a story for a lot of the videos and this one has an interesting story. So it's the video is um, this mother and daughter and father and the dynamics that happen when there's tragedy in the family. So it's just beautifully done. Um, so when you're having a video done for your song, um, how, how's the, um, What's the communication like there? What's the process, I guess, there? Um, does he ask you, what's this song about? And then he kind of goes from there? Or does he just listen to it and bring you ideas? Or does he even just bring you ideas? Does he just say, all right, I'll let you know how it ends up or something like that? Dustin likes to listen to songs from people that he knows in the music community. And then when he, something strikes him emotionally, he will say, hey, what do you think about doing a video on this? What's this song about? And the two songs he's done video on for me, he says, what is it about? And I explained it. Probably a text that was entirely too long. But, <laughs> and he went, oh, okay, well, here's what I'm thinking. And it it totally is not what the song is originally about, but it's so beautiful by the time he like puts the storyboard together and yeah. talks to you about it. It's like, I don't care. I love his vision. So I'm like, just go for it. It's the feeling of the song that matters. Oh, so, so he's just, yeah. he's just going through Like he's, he's like, um, he's, he's, I guess not solicit. He's approaching you and saying, I just, I heard this song that you did and I want to do a video for it. Yes. I had oh, cool. seen a couple of videos that he did for some other people in the music community. And I was really impressed. And I said, Hey, I would love to collaborate with you. And he said, all right, let me listen to your songs and 
can I just come back to you and tell you which one struck me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So that's how that came about. Um, have you ever made a video yourself for one of your songs? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dumb question. No, <laughs> no, it's not a dumb question at all. What I wish idiot. I were that talented. <laughs> no, no. When I make a video, it's so I don't forget the hook or the thing that I just hummed that uh-huh. I'm going to put to a song later like the 20 or 30 of those that are on my phone that are 30 seconds or whatever. Uh Andrew has like 200, but I usually turn the phone around. So the camera is facing the back of the piano. So all you see is this black shiny Uh surface. And then you can hear me shuffling around the background going, I think this is an a, (laughs) I don't know. I might try it in B flat. I don't know. You don't have a, can you, (laughs) you don't have a voice memo app on your phone. I just record it with video. I'm so, I'm such a Luddite. That's got to eat up some memory. It does. It really does. But I don't have 200 of them on my phone like Andrew. I just have like 30. Have you ever thought of an idea for a video that you would like to do for one of your songs? Or someone else's song, I guess. Um, Dustin and I have talked about a concept for The Back Road which is one of my songs on my full length album. And it's kind of, if, if I had to sum up the song that is important to me, that would maybe describe my life, um, that would be sort of my credo, 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 mm-hmm. credo, credo. Um, Cause it's just about being grateful for life and being on an unconventional path a lot of us don't follow the conventional path like we graduate from high school then we go to college then we get married and then we have kids and a lot of people don't necessarily progress like that so it's kind of about taking the road less traveled but he was talking about a concept for that that's another story that's really sad all the stories are really sad <laughs> but he was talking about a concept of a a father forgiving his daughter basically Hmm. at the end of the father's life, beautiful concept. And then for gone too long, I just keep picturing my hiking friends back several years ago. I joined the Asheville hiking group on meetup because I was going through divorce and I needed to kind of meet a new group of people. And so I met this group of people mostly from Asheville and they are lifelong friends and they're just a really unique bunch of souls, but we all have the thing in common that we love hiking. It never gets old. It doesn't matter where we go. It's just, it never gets old. It's like walking in the woods, in the dirt. What's the longest hike you've ever been on? A mile, two miles? (laughs) That's, That's my goal. Two miles? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'll see. I'll look. I'll see. Like, uh, like, because I like to go to waterfalls, but they have to be within yes. a mile of the parking lot. So I've only seen like three. So, which yeah. ones have you seen? Oh, I mean, I've I've seen more than three. I've seen like like I yeah. um, let me see. What's the longest? I've been on a couple long. There's a couple I don't remember. There's one in particular that I went on like years ago and it was kind of a long hike, but not bad. And it was a beautiful, uh, waterfall and there was a bridge across it. 
Um, so you get on the bridge and you look at it coming down, then it's kind of behind you too. And, uh, and I have no idea. I could not begin to tell you. I'm, I'm only 80% sure it was in North Carolina. It could have been in Virginia or somewhere, but, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was, was in West was Virginia. It in, hmm? Was it in Gorgeous State Park? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember anything about it. Was there a steep climb to it and down there from it? There was a little bit of a steep climb to it. Yeah. Yeah, it might have been in Gorgeous State Park. Hmm, maybe. Um, which is right across the South Carolina line, if you go down 276. Yeah. There's oh, some yeah. serious hiking there, like seriously steep. Yeah. Um, it was. It kind of felt there, so. like, like the, the trail was on the side of a mountain, you know, like kind of like the parkway. Mm-hmm. It felt like you were on a parkway trail, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I'll look that up. But I'm more like like white waterfalls, you know, where you got a yes. parking lot and then you can you can almost see it, you know, if you just <laughs> you can almost see it from where you are, and they got plenty of benches to sit and rest on the way there, the little uh, eighth of a mile that you have to walk. That's my- I'm sure you're in better shape than yeah. that. Well, do you have little kids? No, no, no. No, I have no reason for being in shape. I I've known you in fine shape. I don't know why, but for some reason I you. thought you had a child, a small child. Mm, I might have had Maybe one that's... the last time you saw me, but I got rid of oh, it. Oh, okay. You got rid of it. You're yeah. like, yeah. The, the trial period is over. The check cleared.
Yes, another one that came to me almost fully formed. So I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. And when I first moved here, I drove back and forth a lot between Louisville and Hendersonville. And I had been coming here a lot, like since the mid 90s, and always figured I would end up here because I fell in love with it. But when I would come back from Louisville and go down I-40 past Knoxville, and you see that first line of mountains, um, it's just beautiful, and it never gets old. And so I wrote a song about not driving from Hendersonville to Louisville, but driving back from Louisville to Hendersonville. And the main highways are 64 to 75 to 40 to 26. But you don't count 275 and 640 because that would never scan. Like you just have to leave those roads out. Do I take those roads? Yes, you have to. But you're not going to include 64 to 75 to 275 to 40 to 240. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. You're listening to GPS Talk on WNC <laughs> Original Music. <laughs> Sponsored by Waze. Right. <laughs> Those are a lot of numbers. Get them all down here. It's a lot of numbers in the song. So anyway, that makes you want to write a song. <laughs> I mean, technically, that would be math rock, I think, the song. It would be some kind of navigational. Nav I don't rock. Know. I, yes. Nav rock. Like Definitely nav rock. But it's, that's the song that on the recording, Chris Rosser and I are stomp clapping. Like stomp, clap, 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 mm-hmm. stomp, clap, clap. And then the third stomp, you can hear Chris Rosser's big old clod hopper of a foot because the guy's like 6'5". It's just slightly off from the other stomp. And he's like, oh, my God, we have to fix that. And I was like, don't you touch it. Because <laughs> it's just great. You can hear us stomping slightly off. So it's real. You can hear that it's real. So we're stomp clapping. And then there's the three vocals, which is three-part harmony, me singing with me, essentially. But then you got Elliot Wadopian coming in with this sick upright bass, <laughs> which doesn't sound like it goes together like sick upright uh-huh. bass but that's what he that's what he did i mean the man was truly incredible mm-hmm. so he just came in and he knocked it out in 45 minutes and it was amazing and then you had river doing some percussion with the and then when we played it for you um in the recording it was it's very different when i have to play piano with it it's completely different sounding song with rough, roughly the same rhythm though mm-hmm. just no stomp clap do you remember the first song you were <laughs> yes it was called the long goodbye <laughs> linda my teacher for recitals she would let me play my own songs and the audience she challenged the audience to come up with a title and oh. so they all wrote titles on a piece of paper and then put them in a fishbowl and she read them and then they voted on the best one. And so that was the long goodbye. And of course it was a really sad ballad with arpeggios. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you would play the song for the audience unnamed and then they would name it. 
Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I think the first time I did that, I was like 12 or 13. Oh, that's cool. Maybe. Right around that age, she let me do that, which is so cool of her. She's like truly let me be myself, which is awesome. She didn't say no. In order to be a true piano player, you must play Bach or you must play Mozart. Although I love those guys too very much. She'd be like, they're pretty good. You do you. What do you want to do? Yeah, they're okay. I mean, if you can write a fugue, I guess you're smart. I don't know. to happen sooner or later is a small town Going by my business I knew I see you walking around Cause you've been edging on my dreams Little taste of what might have been So I clench my face and I brace myself for a Oh! 
Is it Aholada? L-O-T-T-A? Or um, I can't remember of, what it is. And is I it, think it's Lada. Lada. And is it nothing or nothing? Okay, so on the EP, it's whole Lotta, L-O-T-T-A. Okay. Nothing. So it nothing. mixes the yes. colloquial, but yet proper English at the same time. Gotcha. Which is generally Snaky. confusing. Well, you appeal to more audiences like that. Audiences. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do, I'm I'm do my line over. Hold on. You appeal to more audiences. I can't say it. You appeal to more audiences that way. There we go. Yes, with the grammatically incorrect slang and the grammatically correct word with no apostrophe shortenings. That's confusing, is yeah. what it is. But it's Andrew says it is not a country song. When I wrote it, I did think of it a little bit as a country song, but not traditional country, more like, I guess, more modern country yeah. or. Maybe a little High Lonesome, a little Alison Krauss. I don't know. Yeah. I wrote it for Alison Krauss, and I called her, and I was like, Alison, this song is for you. And she's like, well, first of all, it's too low for me. And second of all, yeah. who are you? Click. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, except there's, there's no click because it's cell phones. You would like, think there's being, no click uh, anymore. being a famous musician, she would know that you can change the keys of songs to fit your. <laughs> Unless you were like, no, That's it has true. to be in this key. Forget it. It's true. I could change the key. Yeah. I could. Yeah. But it's it's about it's classic country music fodder. It's about a breakup. It's actually a true story. Someone I used to date who's in Brevard, and I didn't see him for many years after I moved to to Brevard. And then and one what's day his I name? saw him. <laughs> oh, okay. He knows. Okay, he knows who he and is. I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I just, it's the moment when you realize you're just over somebody, like you don't, you see them in public and you don't have that little feeling where your throat catches and your heart skips a beat. It's just, there's just nothing. That's nothing with an N apostrophe. Okay. A whole lot of it. A whole lot of of it. Hold on a second. I'm gonna, all of a sudden, in this discussion, it is not. I'm just going to listen to a couple of seconds of this song. I'm just seeing if it sounds country to me. Yeah, I guess it kind of has that 90s female country, yeah. you know, Lori Morgan. Type country feel to it, like Sarah Evans, Martina McBride yeah. type. Yeah, that's what but I those thought. Those songs, of. I mean, those songs could easily also be Adele songs, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I love all of those people. More from Carrie Morrison in just a few moments. Want to remind you to check out her music at CarrieMorrisonMusic.com. Look for her new EP there. Also look for her live shows coming up. She plays in all kinds of incarnations, both solo with the trio that I was just telling you about a while ago with Andrew Thelston and Jamie Lee Bennett, sometimes just her and Jamie Lee Bennett, and sometimes just her and Andrew. Sometimes she plays with the Andrew Thelston band, the full rock band, and I think she throws in some piano and just some random screams in there for fun. 
Speaking of random screams, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, WNC Original Music, wherever you get your podcast, or go to wncoriginalmusic.com. Also, follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can find links to that in the show notes. Corrections and clarifications from last week's episode with the Well Drinkers. Frank Costanza was George Costanza's father on Seinfeld, and Frank Costello was a an evil Italian American crime boss. So we were both right. Hey, this is Adam Bachman from the Well Drinkers, and you are listening to WNC Original Music. All right, okay. now get ready to do your musical impression. Do you did you think of one? <laughs> I don't know how it's going to sound with the the uh, microphone on the headphones, but. You're just gonna you're gonna explain it or go straight into it. Why don't you do it and I'll see if I can guess okay, who it uh, is. <laughs> but you'll know it by the song. Eddie Vedder. <laughs> no, oh, that's pretty good. That's Eddie Vedder. That's terrible. That's terrible. Sorry, Eddie. I thought that was Don. No people. <laughs> I was amusing myself in the car on the way home, but. Sometimes people say I sound like Annie Lennox, which is very complimentary. Yeah. But I was just like, okay, well, the obvious one is, sweet dreams are made of these. Oh, hi. who am I to disagree? Ooh, ooh, ooh. But then I was going, would I lie to you? Oh, would I lie to you, honey? Well, would I say something that wasn't true? I'm asking you, sugar, would I lie to you, my friend? Okay, that was that was sharp, good, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> amusing myself in the car. Yeah, that was good. Do okay. you have any, any others? You don't think my Eddie Vedder was good enough? Yeah, it was good. It was good. But as a policy, um, I usually tell people this: you can't do Eddie Vedder because everybody does him. As well as it. Really? Yeah. Drowning in demons, you dragged them. 
Westerly Sigh, um, another really Celtic sounding one. It's a tribute to Stuart Adamson, who was the lead singer of Big Country, which is not a country band. Hmm. But they were a one hit wonder in the United States with the song In a Big Country in 1983. Yeah. But in England and Europe and the UK, they were huge and they had multiple albums. And I listened to pretty much their whole discology because i totally love them and they're very ethnic sounding very celtic sounding and they were known for Stuart adamson's guitar sounding like bagpipes Mm -hmm. apparently he hated that comparison but it's absolutely true he used a an effect where he had an octave on top of the note he was playing and he was just a genius brilliant songwriter and sadly he died in 2001 um so the song is about him and there's this other backstory where I used to be a member of their fan club. Like, you know, when bands had fan clubs, mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to be a member of the fan club, like paid my money and did the thing and got the t-shirt and whatnot. And I started writing emails to the manager of the band, whose name is Ian Grant. And I'm pretty sure he's still around, but he and I wrote emails back and forth because there was this whole, I don't know, this is whole backstory with that. It's probably too long, but anyway, love, love Stuart Adamson. So it's about him. That is amazing to me that he would not have liked the, that people compared his guitar sound to it back, back because I wouldn't, if you told me he wasn't trying to sound like that, I would not believe you. I mean, how could you, I mean, it goes along with being Scottish 
you sound like a bat. Your guitar sounds like a bagpipe. That is definitely somebody trying to sound like a bagpipe. But it was. He, they were he definitely. It. He well, he didn't deny it. He just, I guess, he didn't want to be known for that. Oh, he didn't yeah. want to be pigeonholed because he was. He had a lot of rock and punk influences. He started out in a punk band, but oh, he was okay. so ethnic sounding. Like their sound was so Scottish. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was definitely rock. It wasn't traditional sounding. It was definitely just incredible percussion, and incredible right. guitar, incredible vocals. And his lyrics were just absolute poetry. But, you know, he fell victim to uh, alcoholism and right. he was sober for like 19 years and then he relapsed. And hmm. he had just made an album in Nashville with a Nashville songwriter named Marcus Hummond months before he died. It was so sad. I was just three hours away. I could have gone to see him, but oh. he passed away. Yeah. I'm always late to the party. <laughs> I'm always like, oh my gosh, wait. I really like this band. Wait, the lead singer is dead. Yeah. Gosh. I've done that many it's times. It's my chance. Yeah. Like with uh, Nick Drake, uh, Eva Cassidy. Um, <gasps> Eva Cassidy. Who else? There were a bunch of people that I was like, like I didn't know they were dead, and I would be like downloading their music on Kazaa or whatever, you know, in, in like 2000, and uh, like getting their whole discography. Then, but wait, why does it stop here at 1987? Hmm, that's weird. Oh, they're dead. How too bad. It's like Jeff Buckley. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just there are many examples. Yeah. Promising musicians, like you think of where would they have gone mm -hmm. had they lived? It's very sad. On that lighthearted note. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> what you doing for Christmas? You don't know how fast I go to the rabbit hole. Cause I know how to hide behind a smile. It's hard to keep my body connected to my soul How could you know I never told you So scared that I will lose you If hope's a thing with feathers Sometimes I just fail to fly Sad. 
this one song And I hope the door is calling I just want to come on PTSD. And I think I mentioned when we were doing the live recording that fall is also about trauma. Mm-hmm. So without going into too much detail, I had a trauma when I was really bad trauma when I was 22. And only in the last few years did I really, really start to deal with it. And I found that writing music to process it is extremely helpful. And I don't think there's a person on this earth who's not a little bit broken Hmm. to the scale of a lot broken and we all are coping in various ways and now that we're experiencing this collective trauma of the pandemic um, it's just interesting what I've learned about the long-term effects of that and I don't like I've learned I don't like to say a victim I'm a victim or I'm a survivor I think it's more productive to say okay, so this thing happened to me and I did survive and it has everything to do with who I am today. The good, the bad, the ugly, you know, and it's just part of being a resilient human being. It's just learning how to process it. My issue has been to be able to share it 
with people I love, like really let people in like this is this happened and this is kind of why this other thing happened and this is kind of why I got led to this place and that place and it's very hard to share but when you're trying to be close to someone and have emotional intimacy you really do have to share those parts of yourself yeah but it's scary and rewarding at the same time so fall and wounded warrior are basically very similar Mm -hmm. in that way it's just processing trauma yeah yeah you kind of feel like you um you almost in some way like you owe it to that person at some point if you're going to get far enough in your relationship for them to know something about you that is that important in your life you know even though it's traumatic yes it's, it's important in a unpleasant way absolutely yeah. and trauma has a lot of long-term effects that can mimic other things you know it can turn into depression addiction and uh, fear of intimacy and fear of commitment just all kinds of problems but i think so many people experienced some sort of trauma whether it's say combat veterans um just people dealing with abuse um sexual assault i mean there's just so many versions of trauma that later can become other things but i just think it's a wonderful thing to recognize your vulnerability super scary (laughs) but music has kind of helped me do that so i think it kind of helps a lot of people do that okay i want to thank carrie morrison for being on the podcast just a lovely person great singer songwriter great to talk to um also don't forget to find her music at carriemorrisonmusic.com and check the show notes for all kinds of other cool links don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wnc original music wherever you get your podcast or go to wncoriginalmusic.com or just google uh, wnc original music ask your smart speaker to play wnc original music ask your friends if they will play wnc original music for you do everything in god's name that you can to listen to wnc original music The closing song comes to us this week from Eastern North Carolina musician Carrie Marshall. You can find her music at carriemarshall.net. And if you're listening to this in time, you can catch her September 4th, 2022 at Isis Music Hall in Asheville, North Carolina. Here's Carrie Marshall. Have a good week.
his dreamers come away under the moonlight so come and paint your favorite dream with me That's not a red flag.